today I really just felt almost like a family talk, like a charge that the Lord has given us. And, and, and talking particularly about um, the season that I believe we are in at Mountain Chapel. And there is a, there is a fresh stir of the Spirit of, among us. And, um, you know, uh, Sharon had a dream um, a few weeks back that she shared with me. And she said she, in her dream she saw a fountain. And, um, and in the fountain, there were these three pillars. And, um, and so, uh, Ruth, one of, one of the third year students who's up here this year, was climbing up on the first one, and then there was somebody else climbing up on the second, and then there was a third pillar in this fountain. And, and then in the fountain, uh, it, it was like, you know how they have the wall that goes around a fountain, and then there's a pool inside of it. And in the dream, uh, um, Sharon began to have a revelation and, and the Lord was speaking to her in the dream and said, this fountain is part of the culture of Mountain Chapel and many will come to get refreshed in it. And and um, and then in and then in her dream, it happened. All these people started getting in the fountain and splashing around and getting refreshed. And then Bill Derryberry was there in in the dream and he was standing by the fountain and he and he says to Sharon, he says, oh, you need to go tell Brandon about this. So so she did. And I'm telling you about it because it's for us. And and um, and so, you know, what we do with the word of the Lord, we just say yes to it. Lord, according to your will, have your way. And we just thank you for that fountain that's here. And and. Um, and, and the Lord is drawing people to us. And, and so I want to share with you, I want to read a verse to you. And, and we're just going to read in Jude. Um, and we're going to start verse 17. I love Jude. In these, in these verses here, there's something so calibrating and so powerful in this small portion of Scripture. I love it. And, and uh, I'll read it to you here. Verse 17, it says, But you, beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. That they were saying to you, in last times there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions. Worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. But you, here's the word for us. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy mixed with fear, hating even the garments polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Isn't that a good word? Because we all tried to keep ourselves from it. That didn't work out. And to and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy to the only God, our savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And, you know, I was I've been I've been meditating and thinking about how. As the body of Christ, we're a family. Amen? We have the same father. 
God is our Father. And that means we're all His kids. He doesn't have any grandkids. We're all first class kids. Right? Direct descendants. Born again. If we've, if we've said yes to following Jesus, we've been born again. And, and, and so we are a family. Right? But more than that, we're a family with a business. Because our Father has business. Amen? How many remember Jesus? This, since he was a boy, this is what he was doing. He said, I had to be about my Father's business. That being in the family meant that you were a part of the business. You know? And that, and, and I love this because that means that there are no chair sitters in the kingdom. There, there's nobody, there's nobody who's called just to sit and listen and sit some more. In fact, the reason that we come together like this, well, we, we could talk a long time about the reasons that we do that. We come together to worship the Lord together, but also to be equipped that God has given gifts in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and it's for the building up of the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Who does the work of the ministry? The body of Christ. That's right. So you have, you have equippers. And for, so, and for a long time, the church had, and some of you, this is, this is review. This is review. I, I realize that. But I'm building to something here that for a long time, I think many times the church has forgotten her purpose. And that we look to those who are in the front to do all the work. Does that make sense? And that's not like a, it's not like a, I'm not downing on anybody. I'm just saying, and I think honestly, nobody, I don't know who wants to be disempowered in their life. I don't know who, who loves to live powerlessly. Nobody does, right? But I think we somehow can get into this mode of like somebody else will do it. And, and, uh, but God has gifted us all uniquely. And he's called us all to this family business. And all of us have gifts to bear. Not all of us are preachers. Not all of us are teachers. All can prophesy, but not all prophesy as readily. Anybody can. We can grow in that. Right? There's many gifts. Some people are automatically more evangelistic. They have a fire in their bones. You know, I remember when that came on my life, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I read Timothy. It said, do the work of an evangelist. I just wanted to tell people about Jesus all the time. And, and, and so, but, but our gifts are different. But here's the thing. We are a family, but I was, I've been thinking about how family is, like, in other words, community is something that we live from. Does that make sense? Your family is your safe place, supposed to be. Your family is supposed to be the safe place that when you come in, you're loved, you're accepted, you're celebrated. There's grace for you. You can make mistakes and everybody still knows that you're awesome. And, and you know what I'm saying? You can spill the milk on the table and, and nobody calls you a name for it. You know, it's just like, well, we'll just clean it up. You know, the family is safe, but then from family we go out into the world, and we do the work that the Lord has given us. And we get to do that together. And I just feel like, for what, God, what, what the Lord wants to do here, what He is doing here, I just really feel like it's all hands on deck. 
And that everybody has something to give. And it's not even about a position. Do you know that? You know, my spiritual father said to me once, he said, I've had positions in churches and there's been times when I haven't. But it hasn't mattered. I've been able to continue to do the ministry because I know my place. When I don't have a position, I still have a place. He understood who he was in God. He understood he was a meat cutter. Sometimes he was a pastor or he had a role to play in the church. But sometimes he was cutting meat for for a living, but he was still preaching. He was still getting invited. He would still preach the gospel. He was anointed to preach. And he said, it hasn't bothered me because I know my place. I know the anointing on my life. And and so he didn't need a, a position to fulfill what was on his life. And because of it, he bore much fruit. And um, and so everyone has a place and a gift to deploy in the father's business. Is that a good word? Now. One of the things that we're going to be getting into this in the coming weeks, but one of the things that we need is we need our identity. We need to realize that we are children of God and be so secure in that identity that that is actually what defines us. In a way that it's actually unshakable. Wherever you go, you know that you're loved by God. And I'll tell you, I re- I, uh, a mentor of mine used to say, boy, I went through a real challenging season in my life. And he said, and it was so hard every day. I, I was just pressing on, pressing on. And he was in the ministry at the time. But he said every day, he goes, oh man, I just wondered if I was going to like make it through. But he said every night I'd lay down on my bed and I just feel so loved by the Father. And I knew the love of God. I'd been saved. I'd been rocked by the love of God. But when he said that to me, this was like Several years ago, a good number of years ago now. But I remember when he you ever had this happen, when he said that, when I when I saw I knew it was real what he was saying. Like when no one's around and I laid out on my pillow, I feel so loved by God. And I was like, I want that. Something in me was like, I need that. I need to be able to lay on my pillow and I like I know that I'm saved. I know that but but to feel that to, to be so assured of God's love for me that no matter what's happening in life, I can lay down on my pillow and go, but you love me, God, oh, and fall into the arms of my father and be and be comforted and be encouraged so that you can get up the next day and say, my dad loves me. And, and when you know that everything else is a bonus. That's the truth. And we need love from one another. I do, I do believe this. I believe that you'll never know, you'll never fully know the love of God. Some people think they don't need community. I'm like, you don't need community maybe to go to heaven. If you believe on Christ, you can go to heaven. But if you want to have an abundant life that Christ has called you to live, the one that he paid for, you'll never fully know the love of God to overflow in your life without experiencing it also through his people. And it's not that God lacks anything. It's just that he designed it that way. And he's God. So he gets to do it how he wants. And he loves a family. You know what I mean? And I don't know about you, but like when my kids, I have four kids. And when my kids are loving each other, it just oh, brings joy to my heart. You know what I'm saying? When they're not loving each other, it, oh, it hurts my heart, actually. Hey, love each other. All right. Hey. So when we're secure in who we are in him, we have a confident identity. How many know the world isn't like, apart from Christ, is an identity crisis? People are trying to 
figure out their identity in all kinds of ways, right? But when we're confident in Him, we, we're secure in our identity. When, so the next thing that comes when, when we know we're in the family and we know that we're loved by God is that we, we get a mission for our life. And if you don't know your mission, you just join the family mission. This is what, this is what I've always done. Honestly, when I was a youth pastor, people would say, tell me why you have such a heart for youth. And I would say, you want the real answer? I love young people, but I don't have a particular heart for youth. But I love them, but I don't. What, why do you feel called to youth? I actually don't. I might be, but I just, I feel called by God. And I feel called to people. And someone said, will you lead the youth group? And I looked and I said, those are people. So I said, yes. You know what I'm saying? And when people are like, you know, and I just never understood when people are like, no, no, that's not my, I feel called to the ministry. Great. You want to do this? No, no, no. I don't, I'm not really feeling that. I'm like, well, well, that's your choice. No condemnation. I just... I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I always just figured whatever my father is asking me to do was my calling. And um, and so. So the next thing you do is you get a mission for your life. And from your mission, you have a sense. Get ready. Of purpose. And, do you know, so many people are struggling because they have no purpose. We, they don't know their purpose. Do you know that every human being actually, you know, you're, you're created by God to carry a certain amount of, not pride, but healthy dignity? Do you know God cares about the dignity of humanity? He wants us to have dignity. And when we have a purpose that we fulfill in our life, it actually feeds that sense of dignity, not because I've earned something, but because I have served in a way that has helped other people. And it's a blessing. So when we, when we fulfill the call, we live with a sense of purpose. If we lose the sense of calling, we forget our purpose. And without purpose, we cast off restraint. And this is where life gets really messy. This is where we... This is where people do really dumb things. That, that when, you know, Bill, Bill Johnson says, when my passion for God fades, the next thing to go is my morality or my, my convictions. And, and so, so the best thing to do is to live with a surrender to Jesus and to stay in that place of what? Keeping ourselves in the love of God. Experiencing God's love for us continues to fuel that fire. And we were in a, I'm going to close with this. We were in an elders meeting last week. And um, we started talking about what God is doing here and what season we believe we're in. And Annie began to share about a fire and how you stoke a fire. You know, how many heat with wood? I don't heat with wood right now, but we grew up heating with wood. And I remember you like... It's like an art, man. You want to stack that wood stove so that you don't wake up freezing in the morning. We had this little R2-D2 kerosene for backup that we all get dressed around as kids because we're freezing. But, um, but, 
We were talking about the elements of fire, and we were talking, if you want, you can relate it to the church in a multi-generational way. That you have, you have the wisdom of those who have walked with God for many years, who have burned and burned and burned and carried the fire, and, and they become, they're still burning, but they're the ones that create this hot bed of coals. And it just burns, and it burns long, and it burns hot. But then you need to add onto that some hardwood. You've got to add some fresh logs onto the fire, preferably some seasoned wood. Amen. And then, and then on top of the seasoned wood, we were talking that, that you can put, then you can, if you want, when you've got a good hot fire going, you can throw some green wood on there. It's not dried out. And you know what's amazing about the green wood is that it actually seasons in the fire. And it's very relatable to walking with God and to having that passion burn in our hearts and the fire of the Lord in our life, the good fire, the fire of the Spirit. And that when we come together multi-generational, what's our purpose? It's to reach, it's the green wood. Do you know what I'm saying? And where, where, where we lose our purpose corporately is when we start to just sort of like I know this is nobody in here, but like when we when we when we relax a little bit and we go, well, how about if we just kumbaya for a little while? And I mean, we you know what? It's been good. But how about if we just just us? Let's just love the Lord together. It's so important that we do that. However, the apostolic mandate on the church says, go into the world and make disciples and that. And that the mission of the church is always to be burning together, but to be reaching out. And, and, and we're looking to throw these, the green wood, if you will, onto the fire. And what am I saying by this? I'm saying that one of the things that we each can do is we can look and say, who can I touch? Who can I raise up? Who can I pass a baton to in this life? And really, the entire church has a mission to be looking at the young generation. Because that's our future. I mean, think about it. To say I don't feel called to be... You might not be called to be a youth pastor. Very few are. It's like a... It, it's, it's, you know, not everybody can do it. But I'll tell you, not to be called to the young generation. What? That's the Great Commission. The... the that's the church's mission, that we are reaching the younger generations and, and that we are raising them up, that we're bringing them in. And I'm telling you, I just really believe, you know, God is bringing people in. He's drawing them. You know, Tommy Tenney said, when there's fresh bread in the oven, people come. They smell it. They don't know why they're there sometimes, but they come in. They just walk in. And he tells all these stories about how people would turn off the road and just show up at the church or wherever they were and just be like, here we are. And, and we don't even know why we turned in here. Like The Lord drew you. And so I'm so excited for us as a family that, you know, that, that we are going to have the opportunity. We have the opportunity now to begin to fold in more and more people. And when, when we look out into our town, and we walk around. You know what? I walk around in the grocery store and I see young I see young families. Maybe they go to church somewhere. I don't know. I'm sure many of them do. But 
But, I, but there are many young families that I look and I go, they're out here. There they are. They just need someone to tell them. And I just, I just tell you that today, there is a fresh anointing, and I just feel like a fresh commissioning that is upon us. And we're not just, we're not just the church, but we're the church with a mission. We're not just a church, but there's a, there's a movement of the Spirit that's on the planet, and we've said yes to that. And, and I just want to pray for us today. And um, so would you stand with me? Ministry team, would you come forward? I'll say this about the green wood as the ministry team is coming. They come in and we need them. We have a lot to give them. And they sometimes have something to remind us of. And you know what it is? It's that wonder. It's that awe for God. It's... It's that, it's that thing that's just like childlike, not childish, but childlike. That says, I'm not afraid to express my excitement and my joy and my passion. And isn't God amazing? And you're like, well, yes, brother, you'll learn. As you go, you'll learn. You know, and it's like, no, like that's, I used to, I used to hear things like that in church growing up. Well, you know, you'll settle down. Oh, heaven forbid. You'll grow in wisdom, but your pa- maturity looks like this. Maturity in the kingdom looks like the one with more joy. Well, listen, if you want proof of it, it says that Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy more than all his friends. You ever read that? It's in Hebrews. It's, it means Jesus was the most joyful person in any crowd. It's so good. And I think that part, that's probably part of what rubbed so many of the religious wrong. Is that Jesus had life. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've been on both sides of this. You know, someone's like just got this fresh zeal on their life. And it's a little convicting because you know you used to have a zeal like that. You know what I mean? You still love the Lord. It's not like you're back, but you're just kind of like, ah, you know, you're kind of excited, you know. And I'm like, I'll tell you what. If I ever feel like that, you know what it means? It means I need to like scoot closer to that person and let that zeal be refreshed in my own life. And and I've come to the place where I realized me growing in God, it means there's a difference between being childish and childlike. Childish. You know what it means to be childish? People go, oh, you know, you run and leap and you have joy and they're less childish. No, that's childlike. Childish is selfish. Childish only thinks of myself. Childish can look like maturity, but it only thinks of myself. And it's, it's, Lord, save me from myself. That's the thing. We need to be saved from ourselves. And, and there's just a fresh fire today. There's an anointing. So we we'll just put your hands out in front of you. I'm going to close. Father, I thank you. Today, for your passion, I, I thank you for a fresh anointing. It says you anoint our heads with oil. Uh-huh. God, I thank you for a fresh anointing upon us today in Jesus name. And I, you know what I see? I see some people. It's like you, you put down your purpose and the Lord's like, that's OK. Pick it up. 
I was really upset about a mistake I made one time. I go, man, really dropped the ball on that. A friend of mine goes, that's all right. Balls can be picked up. I'm like, yeah, you're right. What's the big deal? Just pick it up. I dropped the ball. Pick it up. And I just feel like the Lord's saying that. Like, oh, did you, did you set the ball down? That's all right. Just pick it up. Don't quit. Just don't even waste time feeling bad about it. Just pick it up and start running. You know, yeah. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that your work goes way beyond my words today. God, some trust in horses, some in chariots. But we trust the name of our God. We trust what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Have your way with us today in Jesus' name.